this isn't about me being a bad person or me, you know, making bad choices. This is just about being in a relationship with someone that I didn't recognize, that I didn't listen to my intuition and my gut and my core and my power when I saw signs of, whoa, you're, that's, that's not cool. You're kind of taking my power away or you're, you know, you're crossing a boundary here, you know, and I didn't have boundaries set for myself and I didn't have, I didn't have that uh, awareness that I could set boundaries. Let's dig through the mud together. We're so glad you're here. Join us here each week for Mudlark. But da 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 da. Mudlark. Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Danny Bolts. Welcome back to the show. I'm so freaking glad you're here. I hope you're having a great day. I am disgustingly excited to share today's guest with you. Today I'm talking with Kelly Jacob, who is actually like my new best friend and my second mom. We met, um, she actually drove out here to the Montana house from her place in the panhandle of Idaho. Uh, We talk about where she lives in the episode, but this is probably one of the deepest episodes to date you guys and I just want to give you a little bit of a trigger warning before we get into it. We talk a lot about domestic violence and Kelly talks really candidly about her experiences with domestic violence. She did go into pretty extreme detail about a couple of events and I just want you to know that this is in the episode before you dive in because this could be triggering for you. And I just think it's important to put that out there. Um, But it was just such an amazing episode, you guys. We talked all about her being a young mom. She had her daughter at 17, got married at 18, had a really kind of rigid Catholic upbringing. She's a child of divorced parents. Uh, She lost her father really young. It was just so jam-packed of honestly a lot of traumatic events and I actually met Kelly through Instagram, praise the Lord. Like I've met so many amazing people on Instagram. She actually found me because she saw one of my wooden spoons and was like, I got to meet that girl. And then started following me. I think it was on my personal account and not my business account. And then she realized that I lived part-time in Northwest Montana, which is really close to her. And the rest is history. She showed up at the house after a two-hour drive from Idaho to here. And we just had the most magical conversation. And honestly, she's one of my favorite people that I have ever met in my life. And I know that's like a really big statement. I have a lot of wonderful people in my life that are around me always. And I'm so grateful that she is now one of them. So without further ado... Let's move on to my conversation with Kelly Jacob. I'll see you on the other side. Um, so, welcome. Hi. How are you? 
Fabulous. <laughs> Good. I like to just begin the show always with you telling the listeners about who you are and then just giving us a bit of your background and upbringing. Hmm. So like, what's your name and all that? Okay. Um, my name is Kelly. And I didn't find out till later in life that my name actually means warrior. Oh, <laughs> that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's and really cool. So come to find out. Well, you'll find out later on. But yeah, it's very fitting. That's amazing. <laughs> and did your parents choose to name you that together? They're just like. No, like, you know, most some parents have like these really cool stories about how they came up with the name of their child they're like it's named after uncle yeah. philip and yeah. this, or whatever <laughs> just like something symbolic yeah or, or whatever yeah no my parents got pregnant with me and literally couldn't figure out what to name me <laughs> so literally they just pulled it out of their ass they were, my mom was like what about kelly and my dad was like what about lynn and they were like all right kelly lynn and like, it was just very oh, yeah but yeah so i love that but and where were you born? I was born in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. It's this little mountain town in Pennsylvania that is known like in the world for the most devastational floods. Oh wow. <laughs> so and it's it's a old steel mining town. Okay. So there's a lot of history there, but it's there's a lot of crazy history. Yeah. Um, were there floods there when you lived there? N- uh, yeah, actually, there was um, in the 70s. But the big floods were like in the 1800s that like wiped out the entire city, like killed thousands and thousands of people. So oh, yeah, that's not something you like to yeah. say is your hometown. But that, yeah, that's, people are like, oh, you're from there. <laughs> yeah. oh. So either so the closest place that most people would know is Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And is that where your parents are from? Yep born and raised yeah shit yeah did everyone know you then like they knew your family oh yeah oh yeah 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 (laughs) yeah like we you know you're you're you know everybody's a celebrity in a small town yeah for sure it is a small town yeah i mean not super small i guess like where i live now but um yeah yeah it's it's not a it's not like pittsburgh which is a you know a big city Mm -hmm. but um and do you have any siblings? I do. How many? I'm the oldest of, t- there's three girls. Okay. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say like 17. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> no, my mom would have died. No, literally. <laughs> three was enough. So, yeah. So having three girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I have two, but three. Yeah. It's I a don't, lot. Yeah. Girls are hard. Mm, mm. We're so challenging. Mm, mm, mm. So many feelings. <laughs> <laughs> And and all my dad wanted was a son. So So they actually named my youngest sister because they were like, okay, this is it. Like, we either get a boy or we don't. Well, they didn't. So they (laughs) they named, my dad's name was Robert. So they named her Bobby. (laughs) He's like, I'm getting a boy in some way. Some way, shape or form. So he got his. Oh my God. I love that so much. That's such a good story. Um, So you were born back in Pennsylvania. And did you, how long did you live there? I lived there, oh, geez, until I got married um, and had been married for a couple years. I think we we were married probably, oh, that's like a long time ago, but yeah, <laughs> a couple years. And then I left, um, finally left, and we moved to Delaware, my husband and I. Okay. Well, to back it up a little bit before we get into that, what were you like as a kid? Oh, crazy. Um, 
well, I was, I was always like, not a girl girl, mm. if that makes sense. I bet your dad loved that. He did. <laughs> but I think I was like that because he didn't, not that he didn't want us to be girls, right. but like he didn't want us to be, and, and looking back, like growing up, we weren't allowed to have long hair. Not a, not not that we weren't allowed. It was, they just were like, it's time to get a haircut. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's so like we grew up in, in the country and we were always outside. Like you got up, you ate, and then you just like were outside. Like right. I was outside. Like always. I, uh, always. And if I wasn't outside, then I was playing sports mm. and my dad was a, my coach or so I don't know. I was like weird. I was like, and then I had my sisters. So yeah. I and you're the biggest sister. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest. I am too. Big sister vibes. Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. It's a lot of responsibility, I think. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so, yeah, you kind of, I don't know. As a kid, I think I was, I was social and I, and I had friends and, you know, I was on teams and stuff and, you know, did everything. But I never felt like everybody else, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I still don't. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm like the alien. Right. <laughs> I feel like all, of, maybe not all of us, but I feel like so many people that I'm close with feel the same way. I feel that way. My husband feels that way. It's like, yeah, we're just so different than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know what this is like or what this feels like? <laughs> for for sure. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what my, yeah. So, I mean, as I think if like looking, looking in at my life as a child, I, I was, it was normal, like, you know, yeah. normal, but I didn't, I wasn't unhappy. I had a happy childhood. It was just, right. I didn't feel like everybody else. Yeah. That makes that so makes, much sense. It yeah. does make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being a kid is weird. And, <laughs> but also just being your own unique human is weird. Mm-hmm. Totally. What, what was the relationship like with you and your parents? Oh, geez. Well, both my parents had like a lot big families. Mm-hmm. And um, so I grew up with like tons of aunts and uncles and tons of extended like great aunts and uncles and great grandparents and just like Mm. yeah just like a lot of like extended extended family and um my parents I don't you know my parents were it's funny they divorced when I was 13 and that's hard age and that's when shit got real yeah for me um but up until that point they were like normal like I, I think what any kid would think their parents should be like they were loving there wasn't you know dysfunction I you know there wasn't abuse there Mm. you know it was kind of I guess normal yeah what you you would maybe consider a traditional childhood to look like yeah yeah so up until the age of 13 yeah like it was great yeah um then then yeah everything changed yeah so before they divorced were you starting to tap in and feel that or were you feeling like strain in their relationship not until at the very, very end, like literally. And I think that's what messed us up so much, my sisters and I. And I don't want to speak for them, really, because yeah. it's just me. Um, But no, they didn't. Like, they were really good, or maybe that was bad. That, they were kind of hiding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when when we got the the word that we were leaving the house that we grew up in, and that they were getting a divorce. And you have to understand, I was born in 72. So this is in the 80s. So divorce still wasn't like that socially. Like my family was the only divorced family I knew. Mm. 
Mm. Like, I, I went to Catholic school for eight years. It was just like, everybody was gross, like normal. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what, you know what I mean? Every, it, that's the time. Well, everything that I was exposed to was similar to mine, mm-hmm. to, to my family. Like, you know what I mean? Which isn't necessarily a good thing. Diversity is good. Right. <laughs> but there, you know what I'm saying? Everything that I was exposed to, like my friends and their families, you know what I mean? So there was, it was like, oh, well, we're all normal kind of thing. And then when, yeah, divorce, yeah. it was kind of like. Well, I bet that like amplified your feeling of like being an alien kind of even more. Oh, yeah. That that was when I, I, I kind of lost my shit, yeah. I think. What did that look like? Well, okay, 13. You have to understand 13. Well, you know, mm-hmm. 13, you're, you know, you're just coming into being a chick, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Come <laughs> it's on. so hard. Seriously. And, and I, you know, my parents, uh, my parents were, um, raised Catholic. So I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. So I had relivi- religion shoved down my throat from birth. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, so wait, you just spent like thousands of dollars putting me into Catholic school and we're taught from like the time we can read that divorce is like a sin and like, wait, my parents are doing that. Yeah. So it just, I was like, well, what, what, what? You're like, what the what, fuck what, is anything? Yeah, what is that? So like everything's a lie then basically. And then you're like, you know, getting your period, you're growing boobs and wait, now dad doesn't live with you. And were you with your mom more than with your dad? So they got divorced or separated. And literally how it went down was like they, my mom drove a a station wagon, Mm. (laughs) silver station wagon, loaded shit up in it, loaded us up in it. And we just remember backing out of the driveway and my dad standing in the front door, the, the glass screen door, like tears streaming oh. down his face. And we we're just like, yeah, this, like, at least I was like, yeah, this, this, this is, this is fucked. Like, you know, like, yeah, we're, this isn't this good. Is, yeah, this, this isn't going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it kind of wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> can you, can we go into that a little bit of like, so you guys drive away, you see your dad, so sad, so upset. <laughs> Where's my family going? Where did you yeah. guys go and what did life start to look like? Uh, so basically, yeah, so we, my mom got us in a, a, like an apartment and we, so I, I finished out Catholic school, eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then went to, um, it was time to go to high school. So all my friends were going to a Catholic high school. Well, now you're divorced. Dad has to pay child support and we're divorced and all of that. And they had to sell my, our family home. So the money wasn't there to put me in private Catholic high school. So all my friends that I grew up with. So not only did I lose my family, I lost all my friends that I had went to school with. So I had to start high school, which starting high school is crazy anyway with kids that I never met before mm-hmm. and so that was crazy how far away was it from your um so you know the way uh, the way where I live it, there's kind of a river that goes through it so we were on one side of the mountain growing up and then she moved us to the other side of the river the other mountain so wow. and it's weird because well now it's different but back then you didn't really you know, you stayed on your side of the 
the mountain kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like I never, I didn't know, I, I never had any, and life was different on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And so you started high school. Did you, what did, what, how did things change for you? What was going on? You said that's where shit kind of hit the fan. Did you start like rebelling or was there? Oh, beyond. Yeah. Well, I was pissed. I was, I was really pissed. And I was like, you know, because my mom, you know, she was doing her career thing and my dad was doing, you know, his thing. And we, we saw him when we got to see him kind of thing. But when my mom was working, she wasn't there a lot. She worked long hours. Um, she then got a job, you know, in Pittsburgh. So we were home alone a lot or with my grandma. And when you're home alone at 13, 14, 15, and you've got younger sisters that you're supposed to be, you know, babysitting. Um, yeah, that didn't go <laughs> too good. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, we, just, we weren't like, it wasn't crazy off the chart stuff. It was just normal teenage stuff but for me it was so like and for everyone in my family and everything that's not who I was before like you know like who is this yeah so yeah yeah, so totally you know did you get into drugs not drugs it was more just alcohol and partying Mm -hmm. and um just like numbing out yeah well just no going crazy going crazy like going crazy like just like having fun, like gross teenage fun, but like nothing like seriously, you know, now looking back, it really wasn't that, but for the way I was brought up and who yeah. I was, I was crazy, you know? Yeah. And, but then it, it kind of just got to a point where my dad knew that we were home alone a lot. And that meant, you know, sneaking boys in and, you know, like you do, like you do. (laughs) And he's like, yeah. Um, And my younger sister, who's three years younger than me, was like, my mom came home one time, she found cigarettes in her room. And like, what we still laugh about it, the three of us, she made my sister like eat a cigarette. Eat it? Yeah, like, and like, I'm pretty sure that's illegal, but like probably would be like (laughs) child abuse. But she's like, I don't want you smoking cigarettes. And and like, that's a memory like all three of us have. Like, remember when Colleen had to eat cigarettes? (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) just crazy stuff. Fuck. But did she smoke cigarettes? I mean, like, you know, random stuff. But like, you're like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't really work. Um,. So you didn't make your your own kids eat cigarettes? No. no. That's that's wonderful. Oh, and sorry, guys. Um, Charlie's panicking because I think hi maybe is coming mm. back. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, so rebelled in high school. Did you graduate high school? I Well, so as, as a sophomore, so for two years after they got divorced, we lived with my mom, but that didn't work out too well because she kind of was doing her own thing and her career and... To be honest, we weren't at the top of her priority so much. Um, but, you know, looking back, you, you just, you know, she did her what she could do. Did her best. Yeah. So, you know, it took me a really long time to be able to, you know, get to that point. Because, um, yeah, I, I didn't feel good. So then my dad was like, well, you know what? You're coming back to live with us. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Back to so the other side. Back <laughs> to the other side of the mountain to a new high school. 
so wait so I now I have to start another school my junior year yeah that didn't go well with me at all um so yeah then um had to do it all over again you know Mm -hmm. be the new kid make the friends make the connection still feeling like I wasn't like everybody else and then um my dad worked shifts he was he worked at the steel mill so he would do like seven to three three to eleven eleven to seven you know shifts so when he wasn't there I had to be the mom yeah. Again, not the best choice. <laughs> like I'm not equipped. <laughs> First of all, I'm a child. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a chi- I'm your child. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Kind of had to grow up fast. Oh well, and my sister at this time developed juvenile diabetes. Wow. So the youngest one. So not does that only- run in your family? No. Okay. No. So she was insulin dependent, and so that's like, and she was ten. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was 15. So it was like, it's a lot of responsibility keeping her alive. (laughs) Tell me about it. Yeah. So there was just a lot of like, you know, by the time I was a junior and we were back with my dad, it felt good because it was more like home and there were some boundaries and stuff. And it was, you know, there was more structure and discipline. Right. But then he had the shifts. Do you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. like when (laughs) it was at work, if it was, you know, three to 11 or 11 to seven, then that was like free range time. Right. So yeah, I ended up getting pregnant at 17. Mm. And were you with a boyfriend at the time? Yeah. Uh, You know, and I think for me at that time, it was kind of like, I just wanted to get out, mm-hmm. you know, it was your I out. just needed to get out. I needed to just, yeah, family wasn't my deal back, you know, it was like, well, it, we're broken. It was all a lie and it's not good. And I'm going to make my I'm own. I'm going to make my own. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I, I didn't consciously think that maybe, but yeah, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And so I hid my pregnancy till I was like five months. Wow. From so everybody? I'm a senior. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. So I get pregnant. Yeah. This is like, you know, my classy story. <laughs> I yeah. get pregnant on homecoming. Oh, right? you know, honey. Yeah. It's great. And then, yeah, it's like, wow. Oh, okay. So now what are we going to do? And, you know, my husband, my ex-husband, I, father of my kids was cool we were you know we had a good relationship for being so young young I mean he was two years older than me so he was 19 and graduated so he's a he man was like yeah he was like you know come he's on older man yeah. <laughs> so yeah so that 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 finally came out and then um my dad was kind of basically like because I was raised in a really strict catholic family well basically told my father my babies yeah you'll be getting married now wow yeah because <laughs> I was kind of like okay well I'm all right with us like this this baby thing I I, I got this like I, d- I felt like you know abortion wasn't something I was that was not my deal and I was okay with it kind of and and you'd was, already been raising kids right kinda. so I was kind of in that maternal unknowingly maternal like that, that switch got turned on for me. And so it didn't seem that 
over the top that I was going to have to like care for another human yeah, or that I was growing one. Right. And And you have the total mom vibes. You guys, right (laughs) when she arrived here at the house today, this is our first day ever meeting in person. I was like, you feel like my mom. (laughs) And what did I tell you? Everybody calls me mom. Yeah. And that's what I called you. I didn't call you mom. I called you mom. Yeah. And it's, I I, I don't know. You are, you have such cozy, like nurturing vibes. It's crazy. Oh, that's good. You can just stay here. Yeah. Okay. I kind of like it here. Yeah. <laughs> so you decided to continue the pregnancy or five uh, months. So basically, you know, go it, the, then word got out in, in school that, you know, Kelly's pregnant. So then I got, I already had to deal with, okay, we were the divorced kids. And so it, it, it goes, it goes about these labels. I hate labels because labels to me are just they're so restrictive and confining and it's bullshit. So I'm not a label person. <laughs> and you know, but yeah, I got labeled. Oh, she's a teen mom. Yeah. Cause back then I had my daughter in 1990. That was still like really socially not yeah. acceptable. And then there's all these other labels that come along oh, with yeah. like getting pregnant super young. Yeah. 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 And wait, wasn't, weren't, wasn't she the more girl? Like, wasn't she in Catholic school? Didn't she like what? What happened? What happened to her? <gasps> yeah. Like, can you believe that? Wow. Like so. And then shame. Oh, and then- shame and just guilt and then the whole Catholic bullshit. Yeah. So and then my parents being like, <laughs> yeah, really? So, yeah. Long story short, um, then she was due in August, but I had her in June. I actually had her went into premature labor and had her on my graduation night. So I actually didn't get to walk with all my classmates. I was um, in intensive care on a ventilator because I almost died having her. So can you talk about that? Yeah, that was crazy. So I went into premature labor and they tried to stop it. And basically my, my body kind of shut down and filled up with fluid and I went into respiratory distress and, kind of bled out and had an emergency c-section and didn't know if i I woke up in an icu with a tube down my throat and couldn't talk tied to the bed at 18 (laughs) that was my birth story crazy and yeah it wasn't until i was like extubated and off the ventilator that i actually knew that i had a baby girl and that she was alive she was in the neonatal intensive care down the street but yeah. she was okay how much did she weigh she was four pounds 12 oh, ounces little tiny she was eight weeks premature so she was actually pretty pretty big for okay. a preemie. um but yeah so then that set up another whole thing it's like well yeah. if being you know 17 and then having her at 18 wasn't bad enough <laughs> Well, then you have to have a premature baby. You know, yeah. if I'm gonna do it, might as well just. Yeah, <laughs> it's what it felt like anyway. So then it was like, okay, now I'm a teen mom of a preemie in mm-hmm. the NICU, and how long I, was she in the NICU? She was in the NICU 33 days. Okay, so just yeah. to get her plumped up and ready for the world. It was more about feeding and yeah. you know stabilizing her. Right, and, and how long were you in the hospital? Um, five. I think I was in intensive care a couple days and then a couple days after, but because I was so young and there was this resilience, like this, this drive in me to get, because she was at at a different hospital. I like had to get 
to I, I wanted to get to see my baby like mm-hmm. there was just this yeah I can't it's, it's your this, baby yeah and even being so young it was just I had this that maternal flame kicked in and it was hard and it was like oh no I'm fine I get me I want I went out of here and yeah I sucked it up and then mm. spent every day for a month you know at, at the NICU and just looking at her and holding her little hand probably oh it was crazy I mean you know then you had to deal with the nurses and the doctors thinking that you know I was just some dumb scummy girl that you right. know had sex and got pregnant and yeah was You're an like, idiot no, I'm here for her no I'm like no actually I you know I'm smart yeah and, I, and so was your boyfriend at the time were you guys living together no but okay. we were after that. Right it after was that. was like, yeah. You got an apartment or something? No, we actually lived with his parents. Okay. So, and then after that, pretty much we, we got married. I had her in June and then we got married in September. Mm-hmm. And then from there on out, it was like, I don't know. We just, I think we had a, this magical little family. Like that mm-hmm. if you wouldn't, I don't know, like everybody... I think maybe because I was raised in such like a stable, loving family for the first 13 years that I had that base skill, like, you know, like how it should be and like how I knew I wanted it to be kind of thing. So I did it. And, and he was like that too. And so we did it. And then we were like, kind of blew everyone's minds really. They're like, they're doing it. Yeah. They're (laughs) like, wait, they got married. They're happy. Their, their child's thriving. They're like, they're working two jobs. Kelly put herself through school. Like they're like doing it, man. Wow. And it was, you know, I, I'm proud of us for that because mm-hmm. we did. You should like, be. We stepped up. We showed up and yeah. we did it. And we owned stepped it. Stepped up to the plate. Yeah, we owned it. And it worked. And it worked for a long time. And then we just decided, you know, I, I need to get out of our hometown. I like I, I just had that that gypsy pull like mm-hmm. you know I, I gotta there's more to life than than this town than these mountains yeah so I put my worked myself through respiratory therapy school and then got this killer job that I thought was killer in Delaware and we we're like see ya we're out peace bitches peace. <laughs> I got a job making $15 an hour man. I am <laughs> I made it yeah like, I made you know, it. like I we're out yeah like, see ya. totally and we packed up our shit and moved to Delaware wow and wow it was like wow did you like it how was loved it loved it but it was like I, I did a home care job okay yeah so you know yeah. little girl little girl from Pennsylvania who thought she had big girl pants on was now like in the inner city of Wilmington um you know doing home care yeah and being exposed to all different cultures all different ages all different economics and it wasn't small town Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. it was wow and it right. was a big grow up time mm-hmm. um how was your relationship with your husband? It was good. I mean, we, we kind of were there for each other. We really had each other's backs because we were both like, holy shit. Like, this is new. Wow. <laughs> like, we're not in our little, you know, comfort zone, childhood bubble of yeah. where we grew up. Right. And, you know, we got to we got to find our way. Mm-hmm. And we did. But then things he, he was feeling the, the hometown pull. And we actually separated. And he went back and I stayed with Caitlin, my, my daughter 
for about, I want to say maybe six weeks. And then I went out and mm. I was like, I need you. Dad, come get me. Oh. And he literally drove down and packed us up and we went back and we stayed with him for probably about a couple weeks. And then my ex and I got back together because it was like, well, we're home now. And it was yeah. just that. And, and, we're home, uh, so let's get back together. And you're like twitching. You're like, like, why the fuck am I here? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're home. <laughs> so yeah, so then we got back together and played Happy Family again, and that didn't work again. So I was like, yeah, okay, I, I can't do this Happy Family stuff here. I, I need to get back down there. Let's go back to Delaware. Let's do this different. You know, we had the experience. We know what to expect. We know what area we want to live in in Delaware. Let's do this. So we went back, bought a house, and then it was time for Caitlin to go to school. And <laughs> yeah, she um, had a Dalmatian. She had this great childhood. And she just came home and said, yo, like, I don't have a brother and sister. What, what's up with that? <laughs> like, I was like, like wow. yeah, but you have a Dalmatian. <laughs> she's like, yeah, no, that I need a brother and sister. Like, yeah. I'm not like everybody else. Everyone has, and so I was like, well, that's the Dalmatian. <laughs> here's the deal. <laughs> Mommy was died having you. No, I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah. You're like, girl, you almost killed me. Um, do you realize? <laughs> probably don't want to do that again. But so then, and and. I, I kind of left out when, when <laughs> my ex left the first time and we kind of did our separation. I actually went in and had my tubes tied. Oh, damn. Because I was like, you know what? It's just me and my girl. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. When I thought I was staying in Delaware with my big girl pants on. Well, so yeah, I had my tubes tied. I was like, I'm done. It's just me and her. And well, yeah, a couple years later, then it was, well, mom, you need to you need to untie your tubes, <laughs> mommy. Yeah. Well, that didn't work. And then, you know, and then the guilt sets in because it's like, well, I have siblings. Yeah. And my sisters are, you know, that was everything growing up. And and my ex had siblings. So we were like, oh, we can't make her be an only child. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. so, yeah. Then we went and did in vitro. Yeah. Can you talk about what that is? That's in vitro fertilization. It's oh, wow. yeah. So and that's that's first of all, it's crazy insane, super expensive, and uh, yeah, wow. So I mean, I could talk about that for a long time, but yeah. we, that's so it was just this really in depth process <clears throat> where you know you inject yourself in the ass with hormones holy shit yeah like, and, i want this baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it, then it, then you literally feel like a raging maniac and then they stick a really big ass needle inside you and suck out your eggs no yeah scary oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, god yeah. that's just, that's a whole other show yeah a whole other show <laughs> but, yeah so then they combined your they combined your 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 partner's sperm and your egg in a little petri dish and then <laughs> they grow they they you get a phone call saying they're ready to be put back in how many would you like <gasps> <laughs> so i was like hmm you're like what do you think honey well <laughs> actually i didn't want any but <laughs> the dalmatian wasn't enough <laughs> here we are oh and my gosh. yeah so 
so we decided to go with two because I'm like, look, I, my body, I'm not, I'm not a big person. And yeah. I was like, mm. and the first whole birth trauma, I was like, oh. <laughs> you right. know, so we did two. And there's never any guarantee that they're going to take once they're re-implanted. Right. So I'm like, oh, you know, and no, they both talk. <laughs> wow. So, so I was like, wow. Okay, so yeah, now I'm gonna have twins. So as a teen mom, now I'm now I'm gonna have twins. Oh my god, this is great. How old were you at this time? Were you like nineteen? Twenty? No, I'm. Oh, oh I no. had no. I had Caitlin when I was eighteen. Okay, so I had Olivia when I was twenty six. Okay, yeah, eight years. I waited eight years. Yeah. So I, you yeah. thought about it? Well, I had my tubes tied. I was yeah. like, yeah, been there, done that, experienced it. It was yeah, I've this amazing child. I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good. Right. She wasn't good with it. So yeah. so we did I did I did what I did. Mm-hmm. And so basically for almost five well, just under before I was five months, I was carrying twins and my body just wasn't handling it really good. And I lost the twin. Mm, wow. So that was kinda hard. Um but then and that was at five months just before five months so how did they if you don't mind how do they do that how do they deal with that it's reabsorbed it's one of those things yeah it's left in there and it it actually kind of becomes part of you know your placenta and interesting yeah i mean sorry but that's like so fascinating to me no it's it's and it actually it's olivia has always felt a loss and it's so crazy because they were in separate sacks and we never knew the sacks. Mm. Um, but so when that twin stopped developing for whatever reason, um, you know, then it was just absorbed and, and became part of Olivia's placenta. Olivia has a, has a serious, um, it's not serious. I mean, she just has this connection that of loss wow of her twin that makes sense yeah so she was born and she actually had a really amazing birth with her so it was like wow just, like thank yeah. god I'm like thank god and then um she I, every, all was well in the world mm-hmm. and then two months she was like two months old and we found out my dad had leukemia and a, a really aggressive form of leukemia and from the time he was diagnosed until he died was only six weeks. Oh. So it was like, and my dad had always been mine and my sister's like rock kind of thing. Um, he was like the true like dad type daddy kind of thing, like rock. So it was like, wow, what do you mean? So actually my younger sister, the middle one was pregnant and had her baby. My dad got to see her. And three weeks later, after she was born, is when he died. So my sister and I, I have a three-month-old. My sister has a three-week-old. And yeah, my dad died. Wow. That's so much. So it was like, wow, wow, wow. And like, universe, what is going on? I'm like, really? Really? Mm. So then my my sister, or my, and my youngest sister was 21. So she was still a baby living at, you know, like, so we were just like, wow so it was like the second time losing our dad Mm -hmm. the first time was in the divorce you know driving away leaving him behind and now wait and and he was only 50 when he died Wow, so young so i'm 26 and my dad's 50 and he's dead like and i just had my second baby what like what are you talking about 
so things kind of so then you know that's that whole process went went down and you know everything that goes along with that and then we went back to Delaware you know pretty much to be close to your family no, that's where we were living like we, we were in Pennsylvania oh yeah died. I'm so sorry no yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so my ex and and the and the kid the, the girls we went back to our life right and at that time it was like you know what I don't want to do respiratory therapy I want to be a nurse mm. so I decided to go back to school and I was taking night classes and my marriage started to just really go down the hill my at that time my ex and I had been together it was like well when we got divorced it was just under 12 years so we kind of made it a long time for being 18 and you know definitely getting married and and stuff but we were just kind of like yeah you know and I was doing my thing he was doing his thing and you know we would come back be there for the kids kind of thing and we're just kind of existing and one night I came home uh, from class a little late and I didn't find this out till later, but he had plans to meet a coworker mm. um, that night and I it was really pissed off that I was late. Um, and, you know, I don't want to trigger anyone and, and domestic violence is is really, oh, wow, it's, it's powerful. And I would hate for someone that is listening to this that is was experience domestic violence to be triggered so I'm not really going to go into like huge details and like you know description about what what all went down but it it was some heavy shit and and we'll put a warning on before the episode too so people will know yeah so basically my my entire life changed that night and suffered some pretty extensive physical trauma and um and up until that point there wasn't any physical domestic violence so it was like bam out of like nowhere kind of shit scary yeah and the kids were there and you know I think they were like four and twelve so you know old enough to be really scared yeah so and yeah and so the the act happened yeah what did you do blood was everywhere you know like shocked like holy shit this just went down like I need to call the police mm. because for me, it was just like, oh, wait, like, th- like, I'm seriously hurt here. Like, this You're isn't, like, this is not a, yeah, this isn't just like an argument. Like, like, holy shit. Like, I need Something help. just happened. Yeah. Like a real, like, like, wow. This was is, he drinking or no. anything? Nothing. No, no, wow. no, no. And so f- my instinct, my gut instinct was to run across the hallway and into the bedroom and grab the phone and I called 911 and this all happened within I want to say like under a minute after it happened like that I just went into extreme I was like no like survival mama mode like I don't know what the hell just happened I don't know what else is gonna happen but it's not gonna happen to my kids good for you and just kind of went into excuse me um survival like yeah. okay I need help here and that's what he did and what was he, he doing was he did he, he try to stop you from calling? no he it's really weird when the moment happened I, I was in the bathroom and he came in the bathroom and you know just grabbed me by my arms and took his head and slammed it into my face and my nose shattered my nose in three places <clears throat> and threw me against a wall and um bruised a kidney and just 
completely like uh, yeah. it was like it was just a, it was real quick it was it was not like drawn out torture it was it high was, impact it was hi, it was high impact explosive holy shit i just i just fucked you up kind of thing look on his face we looked at each other then blood's going everywhere and then we were both like we oh. both in that moment knew that our lives were changed forever forever and oh, and goosebumps. yeah and we just both kind of looked at each other like wow and he literally ran out of out the out of the house he left jumped into the car and ran and left and took off where did he go he I, just left I, he left so oh i was there God. i called the police and thank then I god called. he left well right yeah, I, I mean yeah, i i don't know yeah you know? i don't know i don't know i don't know anything like, well you know it was more like you know this is the person that i spent 12 years of my life that was the father of my children you know there was we were married and like we were like legit married you know what I mean we were young super young but like there's so there was trust there you know there was he was your family yeah, yeah so and I was never afraid of him you know there wasn't that so this was just it's like, like fucking left it, field it was, like, it was like getting struck with lightning literally like, you know what I mean it yeah. was like wow and um so yeah, so you know, then that sets up this whole thing. Like, okay, well now what the hell am I gonna do? Because uh, now I've got these two kids that are gonna have to go through what the hell I went through. It's called divorce. Oh man, like how did I? How is this happening? Yeah. How is this repeating? Right. Like, I swore it never would, and I I knew how to have a family, and I, this would never happen to me, and. You know, and the thing about domestic violence, you know, once you involve the police, there's no going back. Yeah. Which is good. And scary. And scary. <laughs> and it also, it also forces you to, you know, follow through. And when you're Absolutely. in domestic violence, that's not something you're really wanting to do. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that, that was a life changing moment and it set up for, it's when my life really, really went down the tubes, actually. Yeah. Um, so did he get arrested? Yes. He got arrested. Charged with domestic violence. Okay. Was not allowed to come near me or the children. So I was like, well, that sucks because, like, I'm in nursing school and, like, we I, You're like, I need his help. Like, I, yeah, it's like, I'm, like, totally pissed. Like, yeah, you broke my nose. But, like, like yeah. there's part of you that's, like... And see, here's the thing with domestic violence. It's so it's so unique to that intimate couple, you know, to that situation. Some domestic violence is is verbal abuse or it's restricting their ability to have friends or be around family or it's emotional. It's verbal. It's sexual. It's there's um, so many there's so many depths to domestic Mm -hmm. violence. It's just not this flat topic. So for me, I can only speak from my experience and, and domestic violence is, and, and the thing about domestic violence, it happens in every age group, in every socioeconomic culture. Um, it's not, it's not selective. It, it's, it's open range, you know, it can happen to anyone at any time. And if you think about that, you know, wow, I mean, that can be a little terrifying. Yeah. Because, you know, it, mine wasn't, a, you know, a habitual drawn out. You didn't expect that to happen. No, ever. no. So, you know, that that's kind of what sent me on a, a trip after that, which was the relationships that I had after I got divorced was, wow, like, because innately in me, 
I just, I, I want to have a partner. Yeah. Not everybody wants that. Not every, you know, you want a companion. Yeah. But that, that just worked for me. And I think because I got, I, I was, my early childhood memories and how I was brought up was in that stable loving. So I associated that with good things, right. being married and having a family. Not everybody has that, but mm-hmm. that was mine. And then when I ha- got pregnant and had the, the, you know, had to have a family, it was going to be the best family. Yeah. You know, it was just going to be, it was going to be the best family. Mm-hmm. And it was, and now it isn't. And when you, I was wanting to, dig into this I know so many people in my own life that have I, they're either struggling with domestic violence or have in the past and there's just this kind of common theme of like even if they were with someone I mean most of them have been with it someone like that before and then they kind of fall into that again well, was that an experience you had or well, here's here's this <laughs> here's what I've learned and you're and like here <laughs> here's what I learned girl <laughs> let well, me tell you since you asked <laughs> yeah okay, okay so I'm I'm not a professional I'm not a therapist I'm not anything other than an actual person human that actually experienced domestic violence so what I've learned though in whatever form the domestic violence is coming to that person it's never about that act so if it's emotional or verbal or physical or out of anger or you know whatever it's domestic violence the one underlying thing is about control what the 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 person that is doing it to the other person it's a way to control so if you think about that for a minute and and that can come in any there's lots of ways to control a person you know you can tell them they're a piece of shit every day and they're worthless and you can control their self-worth you can control their money you can control who they are have friends with you know or you can beat the living shit out of them and you know whatever so but domestic so domestic violence is all about someone taking your power from you and I didn't realize that until a long time after this happened and this happened in 2011 Mm. So, you know, because here's the system with domestic violence, because I've been in it twice because there's not just one episode. We didn't get to that point yet. Yeah. But what I've learned is it's a system just like healthcare. It's a system. And you mean it's fucked? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's 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 a system and it's just, you know, it's kind of like a buff. It's it's just, you know, you get in it and you just go along the conveyor belt and they tell you what they're going to do and what you need and what will what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And it's all uh, gross because none of it worked for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure it does for some people, maybe, but I can't see how. Because it's set up in a way to make you never get your power back. Wow. It, it puts you in a place where, oh, well, you're a victim. First of all, they call you a victim. and Which is that? a disempowering. What, what, what is like the biggest disempowerment ever? It was like, fuck you. No, I'm not a victim. Just like I'm not a teen mom. I'm a mom. <laughs> like that, this, is my, this is my aversion or hate towards labeling. Because it, just because an event happened doesn't mean you get to slap that sticker labor label on me um I experienced domestic violence I didn't I'm not a victim of it I I, because it when you when you say that when you speak that 
then you're giving your power to that person. Yeah. And just you saying that, like it's such an empowered place to be like, I experienced experienced. domestic violence. That's so much more empowering. I'm not like, I'm a victim. No. And, and, and that's what I, what I found in both times that I was in that system is that they treat you, they call you and they make you feel a victim make you feel small and here we you know we have we have this um you know for for women that don't have the financial resources well here's welfare and here's medical assistance and here's free therapy and here's all this like bullshit programs which you know are lifelines for people that need it in that here and now but it there's nothing after that it's like okay bullshit therapy sessions with therapists that suck that you know don't really get to the core of what it is and it's just fluffed puffed and passed you through on the conveyor belt and that's why a lot of women and men and whoever experiences children experience it go back to it because they're never really given the real tools that they need to understand and the to, experience and to get their power back right oh it's all about the power oh that's what domestic violence is yeah. it's about getting your power back oh. and if someone would t- would have told me that my goddamn life would have been so different mm-hmm. because he took my power and any then yeah. the system took it by calling me a victim and by you know and then the therapists that weren't you know yeah just just my experience yeah my experience in this you know yeah so it was it took it took my second episode years later um with domestic violence to really get a handle on it and understand well this isn't about me being a bad person or me you know making bad choices this is just about being in a relationship with someone that I didn't recog- that I didn't listen to my intuition and my gut and my core and my power when I saw signs of whoa you're that's that's not cool you're kind of taking my power away or you're you know you're crossing a boundary here you know and I didn't have boundaries set for myself and I didn't have I didn't have that uh, awareness that I could set boundaries right. because I was in survival mode because yeah. now I'm a single mom trying to go to nursing school with two kids that's so much yeah yeah like where's the time to like figure it out and you know be a mom that's crazy it's insane be a single mom and put yourself through nursing school that's like suicide Mm -hmm. like you know because you have absolutely no time for you yourself but yet you're you're responsible for these children you're their mom you're responsible for their income, their housing, their future, you know, they're already, they witnessed, they all, you know, their, their family is disintegrated. So I just, I went into this, you know what? Okay. We're not, uh, we're divorced, but you know what? We're going to be the best three musketeers ever. And you know what? It's going to be okay. And I just went into this. Well, now this is going to be the best thing ever because for me, it was like, you know what? it's not going to define me. It's not going to define them. It's we're, we're going to be fine. And that's cool in a way, but then it's not cool because you know what? It wasn't cool and it sucked 
and I wasn't always what they needed as a mom just because I was tapped out. Yeah. And they had to, you know, Caitlin had to do what I did, which was kind of be a mom to her sister, Olivia. Right. So I'm like, holy shit. I'm, I'm doing, doing what my mom did. I'm, it's a generational curse. Yeah. Like, holy shit. What the fuck? Like, uh-uh. Yeah. Well, no, no. But at, when you're in it, you're in survival. You know, it's really hard and you don't really have the support and, you know, everyone's labeling you and everyone's, you know, just judging you and it's just, and you're with these other, you know, your kids are in school and they're with these moms and, you know, it's in, and again, you're probably feeling like an alien again, again. So it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So I made it through Mm -hmm. and Made it through nurse, made it through nursing school. Yeah. I mean, we lived on like thirty dollars. I, I worked part time jobs. I was my my sister helped a lot. She lived close by when I was going through school, and she helped with the kids. Um, but they, you know, friends they were at friends' houses a lot because you know you have to do twelve hour clinicals and yeah. So wasn't there a lot You're like white knuckle on it just trying to yeah. get through living off $30 a week for food oh and, yeah you know I know that life sure. yeah <laughs> man it, it's 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 you can do it but yeah. it's not fun it's not fun. nobody's gonna pick it it's a struggle yeah but there was a you know there was an end there was yes. an end and you know I kept telling them that and it, during this time I their dad wasn't around um after the divorce he basically did his own thing um and told his own story and checked out yeah and it was me and them and mm-hmm. I didn't have child support and if I did get money from them it was sporadic it wasn't mm-hmm. dependable it wasn't like oh, okay on the first and the 15th I'm gonna get x amount of money and yeah you know it was like a random pl- chunk oh it no not a chunk it was like yeah crying like calling them up being like um okay we're like starving yeah we cannot eat <laughs> I'm trying to be a nurse it's not like I'm sitting here you know smoking crack I'm yeah. like in school even though I want to be <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm <laughs> in school is calling but I'm not <laughs> doing it exactly yeah and it's like so much easier to be a drug addict. oh <laughs> man man I and know I, I wanted to I yeah. honestly you I know, know. it's like fuck my friends and I joke all the time like I know it's a sick joke but it's like how are we not drug addicts? Exactly. Like, doesn't it seem like how the fuck, what are the odds that I am not a drug addict right now? And well, and the thing is like at any given point, I could be one just because if I sit back, you know, when you yeah. tell your story, yeah. it's like, well, fuck. You're like, damn. Well, now I will be one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I get it. It was a joke. No, I you totally know. get it. But yeah, so like, <laughs> it's perspective. It's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway you, so we made it through you made it through and so you you did have another experience with domestic violence which I mean the whole thing with I mean that was such a huge reason aside from just wanting to meet you in person but bringing you on the show was you talked about actually going to a shelter to receive support and yeah. help can you talk about that a little bit so I'll basically it was me I, I graduated nursing um the girls their, their, their father would see them randomly on weekends. Um, and then he started um, saying, hey, guess what? I want to be a dad. I want to be a dad. Meanwhile, I'd work like, mm, <laughs> do you? Mm. <laughs> really? Now, now your testicles are calling you. That's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Now that I'm a nurse and I have money, now you want to be their dad. Man, fucking tastic. Let's have a party. <laughs> it's great. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
And the first year after nursing school, I worked night shift. So guess who was home with her sister, Caitlin? Mm. Yeah. And, and it sucked. And then he kept bugging me and bugging me and saying, you know, I'm sorry. I made my mistakes. Please let me have a relationship with my daughter. Yeah. And then my heartstrings are like, my dad. Yeah. You know, do the right thing here, Kel. Like he People doesn't. Change yeah, he doesn't have the right, but he does. Cause you know what? He's their they dad, and they wouldn't be here without him. And and you know what? I don't want them to grow up and say, "Dad said he tried and tried and tried, and you wouldn't let us go be with him." Totally. That shit's you're not you're not putting that shit on me. Uh-uh. Nah, uh-uh. Like okay, you I already been through enough. <laughs> you know, you're not putting that on me. Not on me. <laughs> they're not they're not growing up and blaming me for that one. <laughs> no. You could blame me for all this other shit, but not that. <laughs> and but then at, at the same time, if I'm gonna be real, I was exhausted. Yeah, I was so tired. Yeah, I was like you're like come Danny, on, I give me a bone. <gasps> oh my god. So then I'm thinking, okay. This is a win-win. But what then I didn't realize was, was wait, okay, so my daughter is going to have to do, the thi- both of them are going to have to do what I did, which is leave mom, go to new schools, and go live with dad. So they were going to go live with him. Oh, we, I, at the time I was living in Scranton, and um, the, the girls and I, I didn't, you know, they always say after you graduate nursing school that, you know, you need a, a year somewhere you know, to get your feet wet as a nurse. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. But you know, here's the thing. There's this thing called travel nursing. And I would tell my kids and I'm like, guess what? Like I, I pick a place where we want to live. I find a job. You go, you sign up with the recruiter. They'll find mom a job and we'll go live at this wherever. If we say we want to go to the beach, say we want to go to California, say we want to go to Hawaii. Like it's going to be an adventure. We can do whatever we want. And I'm going to homeschool you and it'll be great. And they just, we were just like all about it. And that's what we were going to do. Well, then their dad decided to be a dad. (laughs) And I think too, I think he got wind of that. I was going to take them and do the travel nursing and, I think if we would have hit the road there, we wouldn't have been back. And cause that's what I did. I, and then again, I made the choice and it was the worst decision I've ever made in my entire life mm. because I gave up my power and I gave up my children and I gave, I gave up. Mm. And even though I did it out of love and what I thought was best for them, it wasn't. So they went to live with him. And, you know, this this would be like a five-hour episode if I got into everything. But basically, him and his now wife, um, yeah, made their lives hell, my daughter's lives hell. And so it was the worst decision ever. Yeah. What um, did hell, I mean, can we talk just about like emotional an- abuse kind of stuff? And, you know, I... He's a good dad, but he's not a good dad because mm. he's never owned his shit for what happened with him and I. And there's been a lot of lies and they were fed a story that magically mom left you mm. and now we're now we're raising you. But the story is really, well, no, dad, you broke mom's nose and we got divorced and mom raised us all those years. And just when shit was starting to really get good and we were going to go travel nursing with mom. You said you wanted to be a dad. Mm. 
and and mom yeah and you wanted to give him that chance yeah but that but you know part of his way of dealing is not dealing and not being the bad guy so the story switched yeah see we all have we're 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 authors we all are uh, authors in our own lives and we get to write the story and we get to tell the story however we want whether or not it's true or not we get to we get to write that story um and you have to respect that you can't change another person's story. You know, it's theirs. It's yeah. their story. It is. And we, we just literally have zero control. Right. And even yeah. if you're, you know, a huge character in their story yeah. and you know that your version of that chapter is not how it went down at all. Right. But you're not the author of that book. Oh, it's their book. Such a hard one. <laughs> like, motherfucker, it didn't look like that. <laughs> like, excuse hmm. me, no, hmm. I know. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And so then, then you. So I went on. I, I. So fast forward, did travel nursing. Ended up in Miami, Alaska, California. You know, all those really cool places that if yeah. you're going to be a nurse you go know, to the cool go places be a nurse yeah. and what I did was basically stay in touch with my kids fly them to where I was when I could check in when I could but it wasn't the same and it wasn't good and it it forever changed and broke my relationship with my daughters mm. and it was the biggest mistake of my life but in that and and in that time frame I never really healed because I was constantly dealing with this guilt of well wait this isn't I I never wanted this for our family and I didn't I didn't do I didn't sign up for this like and you had your like the best intentions right it just didn't matter and control domestic violence is all about taking your control and it doesn't have to be one traumatic event it can go on for years yeah eternity until you get your get your power back yeah get your control back Right. And, you know, even then they could still continue to try to do that. Yeah. But if you recognize it and if you're given that tool, which we all have, which is our own power, mm-hmm. our own control, and you have to maintain that right. because as soon as you give that up and, and by giving that up, I mean emotions, mind, body, you know, the number one thing you learn in, in nursing school is homeostasis. You know, what's homeostasis? Homeostasis is is the the state of trying to reach equilibrium mm-hmm. so in the body that means you want all the shit you know all your levels to be in a place where you know everything's balanced balanced right yeah that's how the body works mm-hmm. and when it's out of balance then shit starts happening yeah you know disease yeah um, body starts to break down right right and the same happens in your mind mm. in your mind yeah and when you have trauma Mm. Wow, you know, turns volume up on everything. Well, you can, you actually, you know, you can, if you don't ever really deal with that, and if you don't ever really process the fact that the body is so resilient, and so is the mind, we're not taught that. Mm -hmm. We're not taught that. We're not from birth. I mean, some people probably are, but, and maybe now, but back when I was growing up, we weren't taught Mm -mm. self love. We weren't taught that, you know, we're, I was a female, but I had power. And, and I, that you're innately have, worthy. Right. That, yeah. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> that shit didn't happen, man. No, it's like more like you have to earn your worth in the world. Exactly. Yeah, it's fucked. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. And, and you know, and so 
basically I ended up in California mm-hmm. and was doing my nursing thing. You know, the girls and I had figured out our new norm, which mm-hmm. was mom wasn't mom was where's mom, but oh, she's here this month or she's there this month. Or, right. And come visit for a vacation or a holiday and or fly home. And I missed out on a lot of shit because yeah. I couldn't be there for homecomings or proms and certain things almost and like even just like the simple day-to-day day-to-day i know mom. that's what hi and i miss with the kids because we're gone yeah. now quite yeah. a bit and it's like just like the simple like car ride to school sometimes yeah. it's like fuck mm-hmm. yeah so um i found found a guy you know yeah. he found me and super successful super great guy and dated for a while and then decided to move in together and the kids actually came out for Thanksgiving one year and we all had Thanksgiving together and it was looking like this was maybe like my second chance at having a family again because that was where it was at but he was super successful and super powerful Mm. and what I didn't realize was he was taking my power away from me slowly but surely and little things, little things, yeah. little things that now that I understand what domestic violence is, because the first time around, I was just told I was a victim. Yeah. And here's some food stamps and here's some therapy sessions. And yeah. Do you need this? Do you need that? Like bullshit stuff that makes you dependent on other people in the system yeah. and doesn't That's tell so you. Interesting. Oh, it was so gross. Yeah. It was gross. So I didn't know any of that. And then this happened and and it was a it was another random thing where it was out of nowhere but now looking back realizing that there were there were signs that can you give a can you give an example of what it looked like him slowly taking your power away sure he had he had a son so it was expecting me to be a stepmom when we weren't really married and really weren't committed to raising each other's children slipping me into that mommy role slipping me into taking him to baseball practice or school events and stuff which it was fine if if it was something if it was okay with my schedule right but and then it was well I have a work trip so I need you to do um I need you to take care of this and I need you to do that and it was like just like asking too much well just yeah well, uh, there were no boundaries. I yeah. didn't have any boundaries. Yeah, and boundaries equal self-worth. Yeah, and self-love. <laughs> self- yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't have any of that. Yeah. Didn't know about that stuff. Yeah. So it was very, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't this, I, I want people to know that uh, domestic violence isn't always, it doesn't always start out as a scary monster. Yeah. And it's not this big, crazy trauma like my first experience was. Right. It can, it, it kind of, you have to have, you have to understand that you have control, you have your own power and you have to set boundaries in your life with people. Yeah. Um, and we can practice that just with friendships exactly. with everybody, exactly. everything. Exactly. It starts with boundaries. Yeah. And realizing like, oh, that's kind of expecting a lot or oh, like, okay. Yeah. Or well, what? Or getting mad that I was talking to a colleague of his yeah. and jealousy. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, yeah. this, I'm just you know stuff that looking back it was all there yeah it was all there it just wasn't loud it just wasn't loud yeah and it wasn't I wasn't walking around with bruises or you know right it's not it's not it it wasn't 
like I didn't have a sign on my head like oh I'm being abused yeah (laughs) it's not like that right and so you just have to understand that it's domestic violence is about giving away your power yeah and giving that person wants control yeah and they're controlling you and it doesn't always have to be abuse physical like you know oh you've got a broken nose or oh you've right it's not that it was when I did a little call out to our community um just seeing like if they had questions for Mm -hmm. you one of the gals asked about that about um like non-physical types of domestic violence anything that anything that is geared towards you that makes you that crosses a boundary and yeah. and see here's the thing it, we all have our own boundaries yeah. so hopefully what well yeah yeah that's what I want if anybody get takes anything out of away from this I want you to know about boundaries and boundaries are that invisible line that someone may say someone may do someone may touch someone anything that that someone does says whatever that if you listen to your gut says "Mm, mm, that was weird and you know everybody gets a pass maybe one or two but if it's a pattern if you see a pattern starting yeah and 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 you're saying oh well wait that's not doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right doesn't feel to right. me doesn't feel right and it's me. almost like a not a, like maybe it is yeah a simple way to start setting boundaries is literally speaking true in those moments absolutely and of course if you're with someone who's really scary perhaps that's like not doing it just alone but like in therapy I don't know I don't know well, the way around the thing. it you know there's so many dynamics to domestic violence and control so if if you're in an intimate relationship with someone and you are codependent and that couldn't that that might not necessarily mean in a negative way but that you share rent or you're sharing the mortgage or you re- rely on that person they pay yeah. you know they help financially in some right. aspect of your life well if they start you know abusing you uh you know then that that that's why a lot of women stay because it's like, holy shit, I, I'm relying on I'm re- this person. Yeah. I put myself in this situation mm. and you know, that's why a lot of times the cycle just goes or I'm staying for the kids, but yeah. they don't realize that the kids are seeing that. And when you take back your power, it's not easy. I'm not saying that this is easy and, and it's an individual unique experience for everyone. And it, I'm by no way an expert on domestic yeah. violence. I just experienced it. Yeah. And I just know that it comes back to taking back your power, whatever way, shape or form that you can. Yeah. Was, do you feel like you going to, so you went to a, was it a domestic violence shelter? Was that what it's called or like a, well, the second time it happened, it was just a random kind of forceful act. We got in an argument Mm -hmm. over something stupid and then it turned physical. Okay. And from that point on, um, he was arrested and because I was living in his house and I was a travel nurse, I didn't have, that wasn't my home base. That wasn't where my peeps were. Yeah. So scary. I didn't have, yeah. So it was like, I need to be safe. So I went into a domestic violence shelter. How long were you there? I was there a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like being in one? Awful. Really? Awful, awful, awful. And that's what blew my mind later. It's like the system on steroids or yeah. something. And I'm like, even in this beautiful community, Santa Barbara, this is it. 
the the mattresses like the spring would go through my back mm. um it's it was just it was just an awful awful place it wasn't comfortable and then were the people great or they no helped? it was awful and Whoa. because I was a nurse and because I this was my second time my second rodeo yeah <laughs> I was like, well, whoa, no, 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 we're not doing this again. And I'm like, wait. So like, here I am, I, I'm educated. I have, meaning I have a, a way to support myself as a nurse. What about the late, the, the mom down, two doors down, who has her three kids sleeping in there with her and doesn't have an education and was relying on her husband for everything. And he said, if he ever saw her again, he was going to kill her. What is she going to do? Oh, that's right. You're going to put her on welfare. You're going to put her into a system. You're going to put her into public health. Like there was nothing. There was, it was just all this telling her she's a victim. She's yeah. got to do this. She's got to do that. And it was like, man, man, yeah. man. Like it's kind of scary hearing this because like if a shelter for like battered women, like if that, I mean, I'm sure there's really great ones. I'm sure there I'm are places. Sure there are. I'm just speaking. Yeah. Your experience. My experience. Yeah. And that's all we can ever do. I just like, I hope that there well, are think. some places. Well, that's what blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. Like this shelter gets donated millions of dollars. You're like, where that money at? I'm like, whoa. And yeah. I actually got kicked out because I said that. Oh, I was like, yo, this isn't adding up. Like, we shouldn't have to like, like we're all in here because we have a trauma. We did, we, we experienced this, this we're victims. Remember? Yeah. And, and look how we're living. Like, yeah. are you, are you for real? Yeah. And it was like, and then not that, not that. And what I was told was, well, we don't want to make it too comfy for you because you have to, um, you have to realize that, you know, you have to move. Yeah. And, and I got that to an extent, but it was like, yeah, there was shit that just didn't add up, yeah. and it was like, mm. and they're like, you know what? You're a little too smart, and you're a little. <laughs> you ask too many questions. Yeah, and I literally came home, um, for from the day because you were allowed to go out on these passes. Yeah, um, and they had my stuff all packed up, mm. and they're like, okay, thanks, but yeah, wow. we don't want you here anymore. You're like, okay, I get the hint. Um, yeah, so then where I, did, where did you go? I stayed with a friend and then actually my mom paid for my flight to fly me back east Wow! and I came back east yeah but you know and you just have to you have to understand that you have the power we all have the power every day to make conscious intentions and choices and when you start reminding yourself of that, no matter what your, what, whatever your shit is that you're in, mm-hmm. you know, it might not be domestic violence. It might be whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. If you start giving yourself your power back mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, the body is so amazing. It, you can do a lot of really crazy shit to it and it's going <laughs> to, it's going to compensate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it does this over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. When you start realizing like, whoa, wait. Like, I've got the ability to, like, really treat my body really well. And when I treat my body really well, then my mind works better. Yes. And then, guess what? Then I can I can start writing my own story. And again. I can be setting boundaries. And I can start being around healthy people that just want to love me. Well, <laughs> it, not even that. You... Yeah. You can love yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because I never loved myself. I was oh, too busy loving everybody else. Right. Not that I had this like 
deep-seated self-hate. No, but... But I didn't love myself. Right. And, and, and I heard that from a patient once. You can't love, truly love someone else until you truly love yourself. It's and that true. Makes so much sense. Yeah. And, you know, and he's like, but at the same sense, you know, you can't live on love and salt water, meaning, you know, yeah. not everything's going to be all, you know, chocolate hearts and, you know, tears. But, you know, there's balance. Life is about balance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just kind of got to, you got to decide what you want your story to read. Yeah. You know, that's so powerful. And you just make that conscious choice to being a nurse, you're a part of life and death. And I've never been a part of a death where the person looked at me and said, you know, I wish I had more Instagram followers. Yeah. Or I wish <laughs> I wish I worked more. Yeah. No, but I have taken care of a lot of people in their last moments that said I I thought I was going to have more time. Yeah. I wish I would have lived my life like I always dreamed I could. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you know? It's like we all think that we have this guaranteed amount of time. And we don't. Mm-hmm. And we, we need, need to start live to, today. Right. And, and that and that helps a lot, too, with, you know, domestic violence or trauma and, um, you know, just just emotional healing mm-hmm. and physical healing. If you you can't push away a lesson mm-hmm. because the more you push away, it's just going to come back even harder. Absolutely. So you got to learn your lessons mm-hmm. and then you release them. And if you're here now and if you're here present and you're and you're in the moment, it might not be happy. It might really suck. And unless it's a true trauma, life and death kind of thing, which most of it isn't, you know, it sucks when it happens because it can and it does happen. But most of it isn't life or death. Yeah. It's just emotions. Yeah. And, and can we just feel them? Right. Acknowledge that they're here. Yeah. That this is like a really shitty day. Yeah. This isn't how I wanted to write it, but this is how it went down. And guess what? Like in an hour, I'm still going to be breathing. My body's going to be trying to go into homeostasis. <laughs> Everything will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and perspective. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're in the moment and if you're present and if you realize that you're the author of your story, mm-hmm. it changes shit, man. Yeah. And you're just like, what am I writing right now? Mm-hmm. And... What chapter is this? What chapter is this? Guess what? If it's not a chapter I like, then I get to write a new one. Yeah, for sure. To fast forward, like, I I see you living now just like online, obviously, and in person now. (laughs) Um, But so much has changed for you. And I see so much light and goodness and just like this alternative lifestyle you're living with your now husband off grid in a yurt in northwest Montana or north I'm sorry I'm in northwest Montana that's my story um at northwest Idaho <laughs> <laughs> or not northwest what Idaho where in Idaho are you I don't fucking I'm know in the, I'm in the panhandle you're in the pan fucking get it, handle get it right dude. I'm like you are living with your husband hi I'm like talking about my story you're like you I'm are like, no, no, no. it's me yeah <laughs> you're like hello lady <laughs> that's so funny um but you live close to me um wh- how did that happen so you you met your husband I know you met him you guys were in a wedding together mm-hmm. um but you're here now what does it look like it looks well you know so you go through all of that and you go through all of that yucky stuff and you know, you're working as a nurse and you thought that that was going to be great. And 
Yeah, it is. It's really great. But you know what? It also taps the hell out of you emotionally and physically. And so, and my husband's an engineer and he did the corporate scene for 25 years and was really successful. But we were both like, yeah, okay. So we're 40 when we met and we're like, "Mm, mm, yeah, like your resume looks great. Mine does too. Indeed loves us, you know, but yeah, we're not happy. Like Mm. what's the deal here? So we started talking about what that would be and what we could realistically do because we have kids and, you know, he has a son. He was married before I have my girls and now I have two grandkids. So we knew it had to be something that had them in, in our outer loop, you know, of what we were going to do. And we just, you know, for me, it was about connecting to a simpler way of life and and uh, and as far as health goes, you know, being in that healthcare system, healthcare is a business. It's not a healthcare system. It's a business system, and it creates de- dependence. And and don't get me wrong, you know, healthcare is amazing. And when you're in a trauma, and you know, there's certain it has its place in time modern medicine, and it, it's great. But overall, health, it, it, you don't, yeah, you don't want to be in that system right. because you're creating dependence. Yeah. So it's about control again, Mm -hmm. your, your control, your power over your health in your life. And for me, it really started to shift with, um, you know, we we were looking around this, this big house that we were living in and it was gross and, you know, meaning it was beautiful, but it was just like, no. And, and then we, we were just like really pissed off at like GMOs and, Monsanto and like our food was like shit and me being a nurse I you know I you know better (laughs) it was just like you know big pharma is not our friend yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and I kind of just said I there's yeah there's better ways and nature for me I told you in the beginning I was always outside yeah so I wanted to go home and home to me is outside in nature. In nature. Immersed. Immersed. Yeah. And if you think about it, nature has resilience just like us. Absolutely. It's the seasons. Too. Yes. It's not constant. Mm-hmm. So nature teaches you a lot if you listen. It does. And if you, if you open your eyes, if you, if you connect to it. But unfortunately, our world is so busy and you know a lot of people, it doesn't support that it doesn't support that it, yeah. no it supports well oh you're stressed out here take, take a, a pill. pill i know take a pill oh and, and then swallow it yeah and eat it with some you know right gmo f- yeah chemically altered i know up food. instead of saying like here is some tea go walk around in the forest for 10 minutes and breathe i mean granted yes there are people that need medication i've been on medication Hell in the yeah. past and i needed it yeah. at that moment but it's like for the most part i'm right with you of like nature is our healer and i don't care how hippie to be that sounds it's like it's our mother i mean in nature that is when i feel most home well and and see that's the thing like you know i think there's been a a a huge well there was a shift for chris and i you know we were like listen he was very corporate i was very corporate as far as in the healthcare field and we knew we knew the system and how it's rigged and how it's not conducive to giving you your power yeah no 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 no. it creates dependence absolutely and we're like 
we don't want that. We know it. We made money off of it. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. No, you want to depend on you. Yeah. Well, no, ethically for me, it was like, look, I can't go into a patient's room and give them this medication that their doctor prescribed them when I know they don't need this medic. And not that oh. saying that I'm, I know better, but I'm just saying, I know that that's not truly what they need. So I started to like, feel like I being a nurse in that traditional format wasn't going to work for me because right. I love that you fucking listen to that. That's I'm like, you know, I can't, you know, I, I, here's the story for you. This lady had, had her, and had her boobs done, had her face done, spent her whole life altering her, her body to, because what she thought society and her husband wanted. Yeah. And I was taking care of her. She was dying of cancer. Like literally I, I was with her when she died and she had wasted away so much that mm. all that was left when I had to give her a bath or, or do her wounds and stuff were these amazing breasts. Yeah. And she looked at me and, and she said, you know, she's like, if I would have seen this picture of what I would have looked like before. She's like, I never would have done that. She's mm. like, my body was perfect before. Whoa. My body was perfect before. She said, you know, we're, we're all going to die and we're all going to age. Yeah. And society had, sets up this huge expectation that we're supposed to right. look a certain way. And she's like, look at me. Look at oh. me. My body is coming to its end, but I'm going to be buried with perfect tits. How disgusting is that? Yeah. And we laughed. Yeah. Because she was, but she, she had, she had wow. come to that full circle. Like, of, like oh, holy goosebumps. fuck. Like, look what I did to myself. Yeah. You know? It's so I, weird. Exactly. It's so fucking weird. I love talking about aging. Just, I mean, you're, you're, how old are you? 49? No. Do you say? Not yet. No, I'm 47. 47. But I'll be 48 in March. Okay. So yeah, I'm almost 48. Yeah. She's a Pisces, by the way. I'm sure you already <laughs> figured that out by this whole conversation. Um, but like, I'll be 30 this year. And you're, thing, you're Caitlin's age. I know. Yeah. We're like mm-hmm. pretty much the same age. Yeah. That's why you feel like mom. Um, but it's like, I'm seeing changes in my body and it's, fucking weird to like be seeing oh wow I do have some wrinkles and my tits aren't as perky as they were Mm -hmm. but it's like I'm only surrounding myself with women that will fucking accept the changes Mm -hmm. in their Mm -hmm. bodies grace and and aging with grace it's like I don't want to fucking change myself even though sometimes I do I don't want to be around that energy it's fucking scary it's toxic well here's the thing my my dad died 50 so if you think about it i got two years till i'm the age when my dad died right it's a trip age is a gift man we're not all guaranteed it and you know in our society and culture i think there is somewhat of a change a little bit of a, a, a a change in culture but it's so you know old people are not respected i know and 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 age is looked upon as as a weakness but when we earn really, it well really that's where the wisdom is man it is <laughs> you know you can't you may be young and and beautiful and have all this energy and, and all this <laughs> right. yeah but you know what you're dumb as fuck yeah <laughs> I know. Dumb as fuck. Yeah, it's like you're fucking dumb. <laughs> you're fucking dumb. Yeah. You're, you're awful pretty, but you're yeah. dumb as fuck. Yeah, and we got to age. You know, you, and you got to go through shit to you get that wisdom. Shit. And you got to learn your lessons. You know, I, I like to, I said before about labels and stuff, and I think I like to just, if you think of it as yourself as a soul having a human experience, mm. then then there's that realizing like it's a gift. 
It really is yeah. to, to get old and, and to have to see your body go from being a baby yeah. to whatever age you check out as. That that's like a trip. Yeah. So you know what I mean. If you can just start having perspective and being here now, and, yes. and just an awareness of I know how you know. And I just feel like it's our job, especially as like as women, and I we both have daughters. You know, mm-hmm. I have my stepdaughter Kiana. It's like I want to show her how exactly. lucky it is to have a body that just ages and that grows and carries us through life like it's a fucking gift well it's up to you Mm. and your generation and because think your your generation's having babies yeah you know my mind's you know i guess you I could, I could still have a baby, but yeah. we're not. I'm, You're not, like, I'm not I'm going not. through that process again. Let me say that again. I am not. <laughs> but but it, you know, so <laughs> it, it, if my 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 daughters, and that's what I'm doing. It's like, you know, I'm gonna get gray hair. Yeah. I got wrinkles, and you know what? I'm so goddamn proud of that because you know what? It's, and you're I'm alive, stunningly beautiful. <laughs> well, I know. You're like so stop, <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> no, but you are. You're, you're definitely like you are my new expander, just because you're so natural and beautiful, and just aging so fucking perfectly. Well, because you love yourself. To, well, you it goes back to. I own my power, which means I make healthy choices for me, for me, which is going off grid, Mm -hmm. buying 10 acres of bare land with the man I'm married to and madly in love with and growing our own food and creating this off grid homestead lifestyle that's bare bones, scaled back. We have solar. We're not connected to any mainline power Um, and filling our home with all sustainable recycled salvaged you and i are the same fucking like, person with I'm this t- shit I, it's you know <laughs> and non-toxic you know i don't want my house to be toxic yeah, right the house every other house i lived in was toxic yeah because we just didn't know like yeah. you know more you, conscious or, yeah so when you start changing when you when you realize first of all you're the you're an author yeah, because you're you're writing your story. Yeah, whether you know it or not, right? We all are right, and everyone's story matters. We all matter. We all matter mm-hmm. because there's only one Danny and there's only one Kelly. Yeah, we matter. We matter we so matter. much. We matter so we fucking matter. Much. I have to tell myself that every you day. You fucking matter because yeah. there's never going to be a Danny. Yeah. ever again. I know. You're one and only. Oh, so, so <laughs> own that. Yeah, so, no, seriously. Yeah, and, and every and, but but own that and everybody else too. I because know. here's the thing you know domestic violence it's been a heavy topic but guess what we're humans yeah and we're fallible and we all make mistakes so you have to self-love then you love other people you forgive yourself and you forgive other people mm-hmm. if you can do that shit then you got it then you, you got, got a good you life got it going you. on yeah you got a good life we're, we're, we're all humans we're all humans we're all so fucking but messy we're unique and beautiful we're, we're the one and only you're the, you know the og <laughs> i know so yeah. start living your life like that and, yeah. and if, this, if your life isn't going the way you want it guess what write a new chapter write a new chapter whatever that is for you you're not stuck but open up your mind and live yeah. with intention. Yeah. Meaning, meaning, okay, if I'm going to go to a fast food restaurant, guess where that food, how was that food made? Or, and maybe it doesn't bother you, but it should, because guess what? Your body needs, because <laughs> guess what? Guess You're going to die. Guess what? Your body needs homeostasis. <laughs> doesn't get that i mean like you're not gonna die from a you really should care because you're gonna fucking die immediately because then i'm gonna walk in your room as your nurse and you're gonna be like fuck (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but it's just so fucking true. And I love, I love everything you just said because yeah, it's like we have talked about heavy stuff today and it's all, all over the place. Yeah, but it's like, like a random mess. No, me too. I'm a fucking squirrel. But it's like, I don't even know what that means. Squirrel? <laughs> do they do that? Yeah, they do. They're crazy. But it's like we do have the opportunity every day, as cheesy as that sounds, to write it's a new story. Not cheesy. And we do need to live a life of intention. And I mean, I mean, I don't mean like we have to think always, always beyond, but it's like, I intentionally placed everything on this fucking table because I want it to matter. I want right. everything around me to matter. Well, and your have life purpose. should matter, shouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think our, especially like our home environments really need to reflect how we want to feel. You know, people will be like, I mean, we even talked about it before, how I loved my house. Every home I live in needs to be fucking stunning. Yeah. Everything needs to have a place and be beautiful. Of course, there's messy times, but it's like, I want plants. I want beautiful. The products in my house are going to be fucking beautiful and homemade and special. Mm -hmm. And it's because I want my life to feel that way. Well, and and I think, I think for me, you know, now that I'm going to be in two years, 50. So think about that. Like that's some trippy shit, you know? So like if we're guaranteed a hundred years, which that's not what most people live to. Right. So then like, like, let's take it down to 80 and then that's like, okay, pretty much normish. Right. If you, if you taken relatively good care of yourself yeah. whatever i'm like not- 90 <laughs> well yeah right 150 right, right. yeah but so okay so if i'm at the top of the hill right yeah. you know i just did the climb up right if if we're, if we're just going off 100 yeah so i'm at the top right so yeah. now the now i'm gonna go down because guess what you're born dying yeah we're, we're all born dying we forget that we're because dying. we're dying we're living and we're dying we're dying yeah. no well you know every day yeah we're dying your first day is the first <laughs> day of your countdown, death. <laughs> right? you know and, and, and not in a morbid heavy kind of way but it gives you perspective so that when you're having shitty stuff happen in your life yeah you don't get stuck in that shitty oh. self you take the power back and say well you know what i'm still here I'm still alive. And you know what? I get to write my story. Yeah. So take the power back. Take the fucking power and, back. And make your life what you want it to be. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's this magic wand and it's easy as fuck. No, it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard to have a good life. But be here now. Be yeah. present. Be your own author. And what what's your legacy? Mm. What's your legacy? Mm. Seriously, what is, you know, what is your legacy going to be? Yeah. And, and if you keep all that kind of stuff going in your head, it just makes life easier. A little bit more doable Absolutely. and and then it, and then if you think about it you know I, it and you don't have to be you know have a child it's just you know you you're important to somebody right yeah. we all have somebody we have friends you know whatever yeah partner what, what is your you know what are, there's never going to be another kelly so what what is what is my contribution to planet earth absolutely and it, it doesn't have to be this great amazing thing mm-hmm. you know I mean, I'm great and amazing just because it's me. Yeah, and, innately. Right. Yeah. And, and just so I think we get a little overwhelmed yeah. and a little off track. And nature, being in nature brings you back. Yes, absolutely. And we live in such a good place for that. I know. And, you know, and, and it's a privilege. It is. It really is. And, mm. and, and I try to not take it for granted. And it helps not living here all the time, too, because mm-hmm. we're back in Oregon mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, but we're back here every month and it's like when I get here, I instantly, my body instantly goes into homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Like I feel it. It's just like drop in. Yeah. It, that's like the only thing I can do say to describe it. It's like, I feel like I drop in mm-hmm. and I'm just so grateful mm-hmm. for who I am. Well, and, and that's, that's our big thing is like, you know, you can't change other people, 
you can change yourself yeah. and you can change your own story. And if your life, I guess what, if your life isn't working or if you're, in, if you're having trauma or if you're, you're really having a hard time and really shitty, just know that you can take you. We all have power. Yeah. You have power. Always use that power. And it may take, it may take 10 years to get it to where you envision it. Yeah. But you're resilient. Yes. Don't give up your power. Yeah. And, just, and know that there is magic. You got to show up. You. Right. Yeah. You got to show up. You yeah. got to show up, write your own story, yeah. do the work. And mm-hmm. you know, it is what it what, what Make it what you want. Absolutely. It's not always going to be what you want. But, no. You know, it's looking back through the book and the chapters. Yeah. What's the majority? Yeah. You know, absolutely. What, what's your book going to read? Totally. So you're living off grid. Um, we did have quite a few questions about you living off grid mm. from the listeners. Can mm. I, yeah. can I ask you this? Sure. Um, just kind of some wrap up questions. So I loved this question. <laughs> uh, what off grid lifestyle tips, habits, skills do you have that could be applied to someone living on grid? Well, let's see. The first thing you, you realize uh, when you go off grid and for off grid can mean different things to different people. For me, what off grid is, is we bought 10 acres of bare land which meant there was nothing there but nature and trees. There wasn't a well. There wasn't power. <laughs> there mm-hmm. was there was trees. A yeah. lot of trees. <laughs> so you're like, you this know. is all I need. <laughs> yeah, at first it you're was like, like actually, oh, I need a yurt. <laughs> I, loved, I loved to camp. <laughs> so so we spent the the first eight months, um, pretty much camping in a tent in our yard. I had an outdoor kitchen. We mm-hmm. hauled in water. We had a comp compost toilet because um well yeah it is but it's not it's hard yeah Yeah, it's hard so you 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 learn a lot about your who you are as a person what What, you consume what you need what you consume yeah what you consume yeah like what we consume right and you know that's kind of scary so you you become really conscious Mm. of what you use what you know if you're going to use a light it's you only have so much battery you Mm. know and you just you get you get really conscious of of your lifestyle mm-hmm. so for us um that was a, that was the you just thing it was like before you walk over to the sink you hit the faucet you right. turn on the lights you flush the toilet you know mm-hmm. you go down the computer you, there's what you know right. well there was none of that so we got stripped down we both love the outdoors we both love to camp but when you're doing it past a week i know then it, then it doesn't get it, you know, <laughs> it gets it changes and yeah. it but and it teaches you about who you are as a person and it gets real real quick and then you know a lot of people say uh yeah no you know it sounded really great to live in nature and stuff but yeah when you have to like bag your shit and yeah mm, and you know you take a two minute cold shower yeah and it's 20 degrees (laughs) i know (laughs) so you know i and and growing your own food you know growing your own food being conscious of you know resources we have a well now we have solar panels Mm -hmm. um we're on grid yeah you can actually you know go to the faucet and get water if you come to my house (laughs) yeah i know same like we we're off grid technically here like we are all solar but we have a well and it's like people come here they're like wait what and it's like Uh well it's well there's different levels for us for us again it was about having the power yes taking power back yeah Uh, we make our own power we have our own water mm-hmm. we're not relying it's so empowering other, it's very being off grid it's hard as fuck yeah it's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of conscious intention mm-hmm. but guess what 
it gives you a lot of power. It gives you all the power. That's a how lot I feel. Of power. Yeah. Because I don't have to. I don't. I'm not relying on the electric company for no. my electric. No. I'm not relying on a water company. We rely not, on propane to come fill our propane. Right. We rely on that. But but, but you know, still you're. The, you've got a lot of power, a yeah. lot more power than a lot of people have. Yeah. You know, unfortunately our, our culture for, for Chris and I, our culture is so designed on dependence mm-hmm. and oh, we don't realize it. Right. We're, we're really trained to be dependent. Absolutely. And we were just like, as 40 year olds, we had that moment like, whoa. Yeah. Cause we were in that corporate. And we you're like, like, I don't want to be dependent. Sell the people. Sell the people. Yeah. Sell the people the drugs, Kelly. Yeah. Sell the people the stuff, Chris. Right. And we're like, we don't want to fucking do that. Fuck that. Yeah. No. So we we were like, mm. so what do we do? We, you know, make your make our downhill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we're at the top of the mountain if we're halfway through our life. Let's make the downhill really freaking amazing and so beautiful and that's what we're doing yeah you know we're learning how to grow our own food we're getting ready to incorporate the animals mm-hmm. um, and these are things that people can do living you could be in an apartment yeah. and have a conscious awareness of your water consumption yeah don't your, leave the water running your utilities or how about you know get a pot grow a plant mm-hmm. learn how to grow a plant like a simple plant. Yeah. Like and it'll a, be good for your air. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, yeah. And think about, you know, getting as much out, outdoor time as possible. Yes. Nature. And if you're in an apartment, get on the ground fucking level and put your feet in the earth <laughs> or you're going to die. <laughs> get out. Just get out. Just realize how much power you're giving to someone in yes. your life. Love it, that. Um, okay. Did it take you a lot of money? <laughs> to get mm. off grid. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really honest and Please upfront. Do. We we had a, a really big eight thousand square foot home that we mm. sold. That's a fucking S- huge house. Yeah, it was gross. It's it w- really big. So we yeah, we had we had we had a little bit of chump change. Yeah. To but we also both worked our asses off. Right. How much did you buy the land for? We bought 10 acres for just under 100000 Okay. And you guys, I will share photos, if you're okay with that, mm-hmm. of your view. Uh, of yeah. your fucking view. <laughs> no. And that t- that's not, not a bad price. So that's like 10 grand it was like, an acre. Yeah. Which is, which is expensive, but it's not expensive. For the view. Well, here's, here's our thing. That view... No one had ever lived there before. Untouched. Untouched. And we were we were going into this with being as light, walking as lightly on this property as possible. Mm. Because you know what? In that 8,000 square foot home, that's so gross. It is so gross. That's so gross. Sorry. It is that's so, so gross. gross. You know, you and I are the same with so that. So gross. Our house here is like just under 2,000. And I'm like, right. <laughs> but it's just It's just big. It's a lot of space. It's so, you know. Yeah. It's like. To be conscious and to... I thought that was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. We just had a candle. I, like, I was like blown. I'm like, yeah, wow, my we breath. Had a, we had, <laughs> you're like, it's cold in here. We had a candle go out and I was like, holy shit. The spirits have arrived. Just, <laughs> <laughs> we both had a moment. Like, yeah. We were kind of like... We're like, is this happening? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't oh. even know what I was saying. Um, We were talking about... Okay, so yeah. like, yeah. How, Just tell us how much money you spent. <laughs> Yeah. So we, you bought the property for it, a thousand. It, you bought a yurt. Well, here's the thing we were going to do. We we went through a couple phases. We were like, well, we'll do a fabric yurt and then we'll build a really cool 
like house we'll yeah do, we'll do it ourselves and we'll but it's not going to be it's not gonna be gross it's gonna be like you a know, t- a 1500 1500 square foot home because we have kids and they come to visit and they're gonna have grandkids and we we need a little bit of space yeah and then we were like mm, no we're gonna do we're in north idaho and it's cold as hell yeah and you know what people live in fabric yards but we're like mm, for the investment it's like the same price as a cedar yurt i'm like hmm like and, and it's that, prettier we're like we're like and it's like like real it's yeah. not gonna like a bear's not gonna go through it and yeah like yeah there was just some i'm so yeah. glad you did a cedar year yeah so and and then my husband being my husband was the engineer was like well we need it on a bait it has to have a basement and mm. so i've actually had people like contact me online and stuff like and say why do you say you live in a yurt? It has a basement. That's not what a yurt is. You're like, it's called a luxury yurt, motherfucker. And I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You know, because everything has to be, you know, politically. Yeah, I'm just like, socially I correct. hate that. I was like, wow. The design is that of a yurt. <laughs> but it's not going to blow the fuck over and it's not mobile. So. And a bear ain't going to eat my and ass. No. And you know what? And if I'm the first person to have a yurt basement, well then I'm a trailblazer. <laughs> you know? so, so, like, put me in the book of Guinness. Book of World and, Records, if do, and if I'm triggering you somehow, then don't follow me. <laughs> That's funny and fucking weird. People are so weird. I don't have you say you have a yurt but it has a basement that's not a yurt you're like oh god it, it reminds me because we have an airstream everyone on the show knows that because I talk about it a lot um what's but, its name oh the cozy roll roller yeah right? the cozy yeah. roller because I say cozy all the time and it rolls you know but anyway uh when we did the remodel we like tore out the bath there was like this mini bath that was actually really disgusting <laughs> and we don't like the idea so much of showering in the trailer because Mm -hmm. it just gets really wet in there it's Mm -hmm. just a dank place um people were like chewing us out online because we have the youtube video of Mm. the renovation yeah and i think like one hundred sixty thousand fucking views because it's this Uh, lady who has a channel and we had so many people be like why would you tear that out how dare you like tear that bathroom out (laughs) because it's so like people just are a little they're just attached their idea of what things need to like remain as or be and it's just like Mm. chill the fuck out so get your own yeah get your own do whatever you want Mm -hmm. keep it the same Mm -hmm. be boring (laughs) (laughs) no so it did it did cost you guys a lot i know um I mean, obviously, well, it, but it, but the, you don't have to have a ton of no. money, and you don't have, and you don't have to have ten acres. Like no, you could have a small. No, 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 no. It, it, here's the thing: it's whatever you want your story to be. Whatever you want your story to be. Write your own story. Yeah, this is just our story. Yeah, I love it. Um, two more questions: mm-hmm. uh, Do you track your power or water consumption, and do you want to? exceed or not like exceed a certain amount she kind of worded it weird and i couldn't fix it so mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah well, you do you you mm-hmm. absolutely track uh, we're on a north facing slope which mm-hmm. if you know anything about solar that's the opposite slope you want to be on how dare you so again this rebel cow <laughs> you know so we were like yeah we're gonna make this work so we do make it work with the solar yeah in the summer well pretty much from I want to say like, what is it? Maybe the end of March until like the third week in September. Are we're we we have more power than we need? Yeah. And my husband it's can like too bad run can't like store that. Yeah. <laughs> Major um, 
power tools and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then, because we're on the north slope and the way the sun mm-hmm. goes up on our property, it doesn't make it over the hill. Yeah. You know, and those winter months. So our panels don't get And enough. you have a backup diesel like generator thing? We have a backup generator. Yeah. But um, even so, you're not going to be wanting to run that, right? Know. You know? Because yeah. that's kind of defeating the purpose because then you're still being reliant well yeah yeah and so it's just it's really been a conscious choice to get really energy efficient appliances mm-hmm. to have alternative ways to do things and to be seasonal like nature yeah absolutely so certain things in the in the fall and winter it's cozy time yes it's fire time it's candles it's candles it's lights it's, off and, and and it doesn't have to be like that no you know not everybody that's solar doesn't have to yeah it's just our story that's yeah. what we're doing and as far as water yeah yeah absolutely we put in a um a concrete um holding tank because we we went ahead and, and had a will a well a will yeah we have a will too <laughs> am i on it <laughs> can i have the property <laughs> i'm dying um but you it, what if the well dried up or what if there was an issue with the well right. and if you have a holding tank then we could always have water brought in and delivered mm-hmm. and so we kind of sat down and did some math and our consumption and when we were building and putting stuff in and we realized what we would need yeah you know to get us through a month so right. we have a i think it's 1500 gallon um tank that our well feeds into and then it comes into the house so that if something never happened to our well yeah. we wouldn't be like oh shit we have to dr- you know dig another well no yeah. it would be well well then we'd have to see at that right. time but there's an option now like oh okay we, we can have a truck bring water out mm-hmm. to the property so it was all about giving ourselves options and not setting ourselves up to be dependent on one certain thing yeah so like we have we have propane, but we also have wood. Yeah. And we have a well, but we have a water tank. We have the sun. You have options. Also, you, you, it's not about giving yourself options yeah. and not being totally dependent. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I Having freaking love that so power. much. Power. There's a theme to this episode. Uh. Um, last one. Mm. From the listeners, anyways. When going through hard times, what are your tips on surviving them? And how do you find the motivation to move through them? And maybe just pick like, yeah, like your main tip on surviving them and main and how to find that motivation. Main tip is to be present, Mm. be present because, and, and, you know, that that sounds so like bullshit cliche, like, but it's true. What the fuck's that mean, Kelly? Like, no, what it means is here's the deal. Be present. Know that you, whatever, whatever it is, like whatever is your shitty shit that you're going through it's not forever mm-hmm. it's not forever you and will survive you well no i mean you know sometimes maybe not, maybe not <laughs> you but, might die but, but if you do <laughs> yeah then then you have that conscious conscious intention choice you have all those and if you understand that you have so much power over your own life it changes a lot for you man mm-hmm. it really does and i spent most of my life not understanding that not understanding, not owning it. Yeah. And it's not power in a gross way. It's no. not power in a, in a, you know, anything other than we all have that power within ourselves mm. to make our lives and write our own story. 
So and to make them beautiful and, and, and to, to welcome that shitty times sometimes, because you know what, if you set yourself up for this ideal dream or ideal situation, that's not life, man. Yeah. That's not, you're going to be very disappointed. Well, that's not life. Yeah. It's, we're here to learn lessons yeah. and, and they're not all happy, you know, smiling ones. Lessons are hard. And you know, the, the sooner you get that, yeah, that <laughs> I, I always think, and I talk about it in yoga, um, a lot is I think of life as and again cheesy analogy but it's this ocean and when you're kids you know there's these waves that come in what and what do you try to do you you try to jump you know but we always hit it a little bit and mm-hmm. then but with each wave we're building strength and we can jump higher even as the waves get bigger we can still jump you know and we can still get splashed and we can still experience like the challenge we can experience all of this but that is life Mm-hmm. baby <laughs> yeah, even, if you, but even if you can't jump yeah guess what then you're duck gonna, yes then or like turtle roll with duck. like the fucking surfboards duck. like duck. you can roll yeah you know because everybody we all have our own power and mm-hmm. you know maybe you can't walk yeah maybe you can't see yeah maybe you've got some born with some genetic disease yeah maybe you know whatever think about this did you pick that you were gonna look like this did you pick that you were going to be Dan, uh, Danny? <laughs> no. No, right. I didn't, we don't get to pick yeah. what body we get to, right. get, you know? Yeah. So if you take that on as, well, you know, <clears throat> you know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't pick this. This was given to me. I own it. There's only one of it. Yeah. And guess what? Mm-hmm. I can do things that you can't and you yeah. can do things I can't. And then just, you know, it yeah. is what it is, man. For we sure. have our own power and you just gotta, you've got to want that. You've got to want to make your own story. Yeah. And that's the resilience, yeah. you know, the homeostasis yep. and, and not being dumbed down. Right. You know, don't let yourself be dumbed down. And trust that there is, there's magic. There is magic. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe in magic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's so much magic. Yeah. There, I mean, and the day that you stop believing in that. Yeah. That that's sad. That's a sad day. Yeah, but you know it's not always magical. No, and and you know that, that some people can set themselves up for, you know, unrealistic expectations because when shit hits the fan, they don't know how to deal with it. Right, and they're then they get sucked into that dependent system. Yeah, and exactly. That destructive behavior mm-hmm. and toxic shit that just continues and continues. So if you realize that you have power and you can mm-hmm. write your own story. Yeah. You can change it. And just knowing that every fucking person in the world is going through hard times too. Yes. You know, that's, I mean, that's the whole premise of the show is like these harder times in life are oftentimes what really connect us. And when we can just talk about them, it it will all just feel less alone and Mm -hmm. less fucking broken and gross. Well, there's not, you know, anyone that tells you that they're, they're not broken or that they're (laughs) healed turn smile and fucking run <laughs> you're like bad bitch you're freaking me out <laughs> run because they're lying yeah they're lying <laughs> um so my last question what is your favorite little like self-care kind of like ritual that makes you feel grounded and cozy and good sounds like presence is a huge part of it mm-hmm. but is there anything that you do that's mm-hmm. very specific i'd love to hear that 
For me, it changes because it's not always all going to be the same. Well, even day to day, like, you know, it's, it's checking in. Mm -hmm. I, I, I now check in with myself. I never checked in. I was checking in on everybody else. Yeah. As a nurse, as a mom, as the, you know, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, actually I'm like, feel like shit and probably need a warm bath or probably need to go for a walk. Yeah. Probably need to sit in silence. Probably need to dance crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, turn up the radio. Um, make some really good food. Um, have sex. Have sex. Watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, really simple. Yeah. Like just whatever. Check it, in. It, it's check in. What and would whatever. feel good to you right so, now? Yeah, but I I, I'm a, I'm a big bath girl. I am too. I'm, I'm a bather. Yes, like, I am too. Fish. Yeah, I know. I'm like goat fit. Like <laughs> bath time. Um, no, but I get it. Baths are usually my go-to, and we don't have a bath at our <sighs> Oregon home, <sighs> and that is. Again, like that's just one thing that has been really hard for me because it's mm. such like a that make, drops me in and I feel so connected. So that's the next that's mm. the next step is Mama needs a bath. Mm-hmm. I need it. Oh, I well, we don't have a shower. We only have a tub. Oh, dream. That's so all we, I want. And and like most people are like, well, wait, well, how's Chris feel about this? Because you know, chicks baths. You know, yeah. dudes are like you know give me a hot shower, oh my whatever. husband loves baths oh no he's all about it yeah like Chris is like well first of all he wasn't at first because yeah. he had never bat he wasn't a bather you're are- like welcome to life honey like, welcome to idaho off-grid life he's like well, oh. well can't we have a shower too and i'm like well let's just try out this copper tub thing yeah you have a copper tub yes. oh i it's, can't wait to see it and come over and take baths. yeah you can take a bath i'm gonna take a bath i swear to god it's the best and he there's no plans for a shower. We have the little hand wand oh, yeah. thingy. Yeah. So that, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, oh. it's, it's all about getting in the tub. I know. Getting and Epsom tub. salts. So when we do our retreats here, we had our Montana house retreat. Um, I would literally draw a bath for everyone every day oh. because not everyone, some people fucking hated baths. And I was like, well, I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I was just so amazed because I'm like, come on. So you like a bath. Yeah. And like, I would like, you afraid of? I would like put oil in there and like j- just, Epsom salts because yeah. it's just so soothing. It's definitely my number one. But I'm I'm same as you. I'm just like just check in. What is what do I need today? Um, and where can people connect with you? Hmm. <laughs> I'm off grid. <laughs> <laughs> I am off the grid. Can they find you on Instagram? Yeah, they can. Okay. Yeah. Um. So my 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 Instagram handle is Hefner and Gypsy. It's our dogs Hefner and Aww. Gypsy. I was wondering what that was and I can link that in the show notes and do you have, can they connect with you through email if they want to send you something a bit longer? Okay. And I can link that too. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. That was amazing. Well, I don't know if it was amazing, but no, it was amazing. It is. It is. I, I showed up. You showed up in a big fucking way. You drove two hours to get here. (laughs) (laughs) I had to give you presents. Yeah. She showed up with like stones and fucking everything that matters to me, like flowers. I'm like, okay, you're my mom. (laughs) She said to me, I smelled like her mom. I was like, you smell like my mom and you're never leaving. (laughs) But anyway, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that the best, you guys? Kelly is so amazing. I was buzzing for hours after she left my house that day. If you guys want to connect with Kelly, please do. All the information to get a hold of her is in the show notes. And I want to try something new. If you listen to today's episode, 
I want you to go over to my latest post on Instagram with Kelly at Danny Bolts and I want you to do a little emoji with someone raising their hand. Like, I listened. I finished the episode. I just thought it'd be a fun way to see who all's listening and just to connect even deeper beyond the podcast there. And if you have not rated or reviewed the show, please do, my love. This is what gets the show into more ears and more hearts. And I just really appreciate it when you do it. It means so much to me. I love you all. I hope you're feeling less alone and inspired by today's conversation. Have a lovely day.